Hey, y'all. Welcome to the People Purpose Podcast, the show that explores all the ins and outs and the challenges and opportunities HR people managers and all people face at work every day. My name is Chas Fields, and of course, I'm joined by my co-host. I am Julie Devlin. Love it, Jules. Hey, like always, tell me what made you smile today. What made me smile, Chaz, was the way that you did that introduction, because right before we got on the air, I was doing the introduction, and I sounded like a goober. So I said, Chaz, you do the introduction, and you only sounded slightly less like a goober. So Uh, congratulations. (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll take the win wherever I can get it, or at least your approval, Jules. I love it. So um, hey, here's the deal. You know what made me smile today? Uh, I I was thinking about it. I'm actually going to take some time off this week, and I'm going to go play golf. Off. And uh, for those of you that know us, or maybe you don't know us, right? It's a podcast. I love to play golf. Julie loves to play golf. Um, but I'm going to go and play uh, and just some enjoy some me time. So I'm really, really, really looking forward to that. But uh, yeah, I'm excited. So horrendous segue here, Julie, Um, yet again, maybe we're We're getting this reputation. Yeah, we're we're the worst. We're getting this reputation. And here's our segue to the business stat of the day. Yep. Uh, This one is sourced um, from the Muse and 90% of leaders think an engagement strategy has an impact on business success, but barely 25% of them have a strategy. Julie. What's this mean to you? Yeah. Whew. Well, the f- <laughs> that's a sobering number, that's right? Scary. So we're saying nine. So this this study by the Muse found that ninety percent of of leaders think that this engagement strategy is important and it has an impact on success. The bottom line, but really only twenty five percent of them actually have a strategy. So that shows that companies maybe aren't investing enough time in strategies um, when it comes to employee engagement. Mm-hmm. And it makes me wonder, are they just guessing about employee engagement? Are they just sort of going with the flow? It also really, I think, brings up a question um, that we have to ask, and it's who owns the employee experience strategy at organizations and what part does HR play? Great, great, great questions. I mean, I I think where I've seen a lot of trends and commonalities amongst businesses is they just say engagement and they think, oh, we're working on engagement strategy or, hey, it, it plays really well with our employees saying that. It, you know, we're really focused on your engagement, but they don't actually do anything about it because yeah. of the buzzword, right? That's where I see a lot of it, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Like I find that companies try to ensure engagement rather than improving engagement. Yeah, I, I it's it's definitely something that we need to look at as HR people. Yeah, it's it's a it's a big balance. But uh, aside from that, Julie, today is a pretty special day, okay, <laughs> uh, on this episode because we're going to talk about a topic that that is very near and dear to your heart, and thus has inspired me to also talk about it using some of the research that you've done. Um, so, Julie, let, let's go ahead tell people what it is. All right, can we get a drum roll? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't have my so, little sound so, kit. Oh, man, Chaz, I thought maybe you would because it's a special day. I need one. Um, the, the topic that's near and dear to my heart is the psychological contract at work. Yeah, Julie, so I'll be honest. Um, people are probably like, what the heck? 
are you are you talking about? Um, I know you've talked a ton about this topic. I've you know we've presented on this together. You've written a lot about it. I mean, there's just so much that you have out there already. Um, but can you just tell us what it is first? Because there are probably a lot of people who are like what What is she talking? Yeah, about? psychological contract. What the heck is this? Yeah. <laughs> well, knew? yeah. So if you if you've heard any of my speeches before or read some of my my writings, which let's be honest, Chaz, how many folks probably have done that? Probably maybe ten or so. I, no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I, I'm lot. just kidding. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. So if you've not heard of this term before, you know, I talk about it all the time and it's, it's maybe you just need a refresher. Um, the site contract, what this does is it, it describes the exchange relationship between the employer and the employee. So mm -hmm. when we look at it, it's the give and take from both perspectives at its simplest form. The psychological contract, it can be described as an employer hiring an employee, and then that employee performs work for the employer. Mm -hmm. In other words, the employer will give the employee a job, and in exchange, that employee will do things like arrive on time, complete their work to whatever acceptable level mm -hmm. there is, <laughs> um, and then the employer will provide a paycheck for the work performed. In this example, should both expectations be met mm -hmm. by both sides, then the psychological contract would be fulfilled. This mm -hmm. is a very simple example, but it's not that simple. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say, Joey, that's it's a very great way to describe it. Um, but I, I know that it goes a lot deeper than that. So it's so funny that you bring this up. We've talked about this in the past and it wasn't until you started sharing with our team some of the research that you've done and, and that you taught it that when I was actually going through and getting my master's in uh, HR management, I was like, I remember this, <laughs> but how did I miss the importance of all of this? Because we, we know that expectations and things can continue to grow, right? So, you know, while we while we talk about the site contract and its implications based on, you know, hours, we're, we're not going to do that, right? We're not just going to talk yeah. about time. <laughs> we want to give you really three important parts uh, regarding to to take with you and, and use it. So, Julie, I mean, enlighten us a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. So what we aim to do for you, our, our audience, is to give you impactful information. So as we speak on this, what I want you to to think about is your own psychological contract with your own employer. Ask yourselves, what does your employer expect from you? And which of those expectations are explicit? Now think about those expectations and ask yourselves which ones are implicit. And have you ever had any experience with your employer violating your expectations? How did it affect your attitudes? How did it affect your behavior at work? Maybe, though, we can take the flip side and talk about you having an experience where the employer did more than you yeah, expected. That's yeah, right. that's and, right. And how, how would that affect your, your attitudes and behavior at work? Sure. So, Chaz, you know, knowing the site contract, I think, is vital to the employee experience. And this is because today's employee wants the experience that they might have their they might hear their friends having about on their job. Right. They, they don't want to have FOMO. They don't want to have the fear of missing out, right? I don't want to have FOMO. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because there's so many awesome perks and benefits and experiences that employers can give to employees these days. Mm -hmm. You know, this generation of workers and this in during this time as a worker, this new reality, folks demand flexibility. They demand options with when and where and how and 
even why they right. work, right? And they expect to have good tech where they can collaborate with coworkers and feel connected. They expect transparency and something that we've talked about in previous episodes. They they expect over communication right. from employers, and mm-hmm. you know when there are messages that are important. They expect those messages to be repeated. We can't we can't assure that folks are going to get it the first time. So, right. Right. but among among all of these things, when it comes to the site contract, folks expect consistency from their employer. They expect right. fairness. Yep. So when we look at all of these things put together, they would build this perfect utopian employee experience when they're all aligned. But Chaz, are they always all aligned? That's the question. Uh, uh, let's be real. I, yeah. I know the answer to this question. No. Like yeah. they are. And 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 the reality of it is when you're when you're trying to hit a moving target, this is not a discouraging component, right? The site contract is not here to design to to discourage you. It should motivate you, if anything, yep. right? Because, you know, we we think about it and ask the question, who really can violate the psychological contract? So my my first point, Julie, when we've talked about this is it's it's recruiters. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, are they unfamiliar with the actual job? Do they overpromise or oversell a job? You know, sometimes they accept lower pay and being guaranteed job security, but then all of a sudden that person gets fired because mm-hmm. they were they were sold a dream, for lack mm-hmm. of a better term. Uh, you know, promise to to give a job, but somehow they end up with another job or doing something that they weren't initially tasked to. Yeah, you know, yeah. responsibilities, right? Just being misrepresented, right? So. It takes place in both the site contract takes place in both pre-employment when they seek info, but also post-employment. Do you want to, what do you have to say about that? Yeah, no, I mean, it really does start with the recruiter. When we talk about the recruiter there, there's a lot of opportunity there for an automatic violation of the site contract. When somebody starts, if if the job was misrepresented by the recruiter that, and somebody starts and they have all new, uh, you know, if, if it's a completely different job than what they were sold, right, then there's going to be a violation. Oh, well, this isn't what I signed up for. And that right. from day one is an issue. Right. <laughs> from, from day one, that's a problem. And, you know, we don't want to start out on that foot. There's a huge drawback, right? And and then the next piece of this is the managers, right? Mm-hmm. How many of us have been in this situation, do as I say, not as I do, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. <laughs> why, aren't, why aren't you modeling the behavior that you expect out of employees so we don't get a breach? We've all had a bad manager experience, right? That's mm-hmm. a violation. I mean, that's that, simply put, that's a violation. It, it is, and it, we can't highlight enough the importance of managers when it comes to uh, upholding this site contract. Yeah. Uh, Julie, this is this is probably even uh, uh, one that is more impactful on us than we actually think, right, is, is co-workers. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's a huge gap on what it means to uh, provide support, you know, bullying, in, mm-hmm. in the workplace and then group think. Okay. Now, now I can speak to this one because we, we get caught up, um, you know, in, in some of these ideas that, that you and I have shared. Right. And we're like, Oh, hold on. We need to take a step back here and really think about the perspective of, of each other and get it kind of remove ourselves from this box that we've put ourselves in to mm-hmm. say, okay, are we, are we doing our best here? Right. Yeah. Group thinks powerful. It is. 
It is. It is. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and then of course, system processes and performance reviews, right? So system processes, like one of the big things in this is compensation, you know, changing the criteria, rewarding seniority. People see that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Benefits coverage. And and that's actually a really tough one, right, Julie, especially as insurance continues to rise. Yeah. yeah. And I can, I actually have some stories about that. Oh, I'm sure. Um, when I was a practitioner, uh, we would generally have to change our insurance coverage about every two years, just based upon rising costs. Right. And and I think that looking back, when we did that, folks were a little bit uh, miffed. And I think it was a violation of what they thought their psychological contract was. Yeah. Because because what it does, like there were certain times where we'd have to change carriers and maybe somebody's doctor didn't fall under the plan anymore, right? So right. even though that was out of our control, folks put that on their employers. Sure. <laughs> um, they don't, and it's they a don't, burden. Yeah, they, they yeah. It's a burden. No, it is. And, and, it, and, you know, but the question becomes... <sighs> what do we do about it? How do we, we need to make sure we communicate the whys behind things and explain to people why, (laughs) why, why we're making these decisions. So, right. That's a, that's a really great point. And then the, you know, I was saying with performance reviews, if they're not done at all or on time, right? Like I, I expect, and I know when, when the performance reviews are coming up, even when we consult with organizations, we're like, Hey, look, have you told them this is the way that it's going to be? You've set expectations and then you do the review and, and nothing comes of it. Or you step into a review and your manager has, hey, just keep doing what you're doing. It's infuriating uh, uh. to me. But that's a breach, especially for, for people like you and I and probably many of our listeners. They want the feedback to con- for continuous improvement and then nobody gives it. Yeah. Or uh, just keep doing what you're doing. No, that's that's not good enough. Yeah. How about me. how about having managers who maybe are new evaluate employees who have been there for many years, or you know, like somebody's only looking, only able to look at a certain amount of time. You know, companies need to make sure that they are keeping a pulse on those things. That's right. Need to make sure that if if you have some managerial turnover, you know, look at performance reviews. Have a plan as to who's going to do the performance reviews if you have new managers, because I can guarantee you it's not going to go over well mm-hmm. if you have a new manager evaluating an employee who has been there for, you know, uh, two years or something, you know, it, it needs to be looked at and it, it needs to be looked at from a matter of fairness. Right. And again, these are all things that, you know, Chaz is talking about things that can violate a psychological contract. Um, and this is what we're looking to avoid. Right. Right. It's pretty crazy because we, we, we get so caught up sometimes in our day to day, right, mm-hmm. Julie? Like we get caught up in our day to day and we think about, hey, you know, I've got to get this done or I've got to check this email or I've got to respond to this or I need to be here. And we, we often don't take the step back to think about what is the impact of each of the decisions that I'm not making. Right. Mm. That, I, you know, to, that, that I'm not making for the people or to ensure that they feel secure in their job or whatever that looks like. Right. Yeah. Like, the cost of doing nothing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Chaz, that, you're bringing me back. When I yeah. first started at UKG, I, I did a presentation called The Cost of Doing Nothing in HR. 
Yeah. And that really just brings me back to that thought as well. So, so let me ask you this, like who holds the keys to upholding the site contract from the employer side, Jules? Yeah. Well, (laughs) from the employer side, that's a complicated question, but from my perspective and from the research that I've done, from the conversations that I've had, I believe that managers hold the key. I believe Mm -hmm. managers hold the key to upholding the psychological contract, Mm -hmm. but something that I want folks to remember is that this is a two-way contract. So it's not just the employer who has to uphold their end of the bargain. It's also the employees who have to Mm -hmm. uphold their end of the bargain too. So while we're talking about this from the perspective of the employer, just know that there is a whole other side to this. And maybe, Chaz, we can explore this concept in a future episode um, where, you know, we as employees, we need to take a step back and yeah. realize that if things aren't going well, what part of that and what piece of that do maybe we hold as, uh, you know, as, as a stakeholder in the psychological mm-hmm. contract? So why do managers hold the key? Well, I think they hold the key to upholding it because think about things like job security. Um, you know, managers can make sure that folks know that their job is secure. They can give them uh, communication if maybe their job isn't secure and give them a heads up. You know, I, in my experience, people are more appreciative of knowing the truth, even if that truth is bad. Right. <laughs> um, you know, True. during during the pandemic, understandably, people were worried about their jobs. Um, And so, you know, managers could do things like making sure that if they knew the employment was secure to explain to them, yeah, hey, everything's okay. Yeah. And and you mentioned feedback. You mentioned the performance review feedback. And we talked a little bit about that. But I think managers also need to make sure that they are allowing two-way feedback. So yes, managers should give uh, feedback to their employees. But how about managers getting feedback from their employees? They should want, there's a lot of people that don't want that, but that is powerful stuff to have. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. Sorry. No, there has to be a maturity level in managers too, to say if employees give you feedback and you don't like it, that's, you know what, like you're still the manager and, and you can actually take that and look at it as someone trying to attack you. Now I, I get it. There are situations that that does happen. But I think if you really want to be great at your job, you take that feedback, you digest it, you build an action plan and execute around it, right? So it's it's not just you are breaching the site contract if you aren't even willing to do that, let alone execute it. Am I, yeah. am I right there, Julie? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, the site contract is really just vital to, it's central to people performance and engagement at work. And yeah. successful management of employee expectations really requires uh, pros to have input into the broad organizational strategy also. So this this also goes right up to the C-suite where we say, look, you know, you need to involve HR. You need to involve lower level employees in, in decisions as well, because these are the folks that are on the front lines experiencing things day to day. Right. So, you know, we talked, you talked a little bit about modeling the behavior, managers modeling the behavior, you know, making sure that if they're requiring to wear a mask, that they're wearing the mask too. Um, So these are all ways that managers hold the key, right? Right. They hold the key. They can help set goals. They can help change those goals if they're no longer relevant. And really, we talked about this before and the study at the Workforce Institute about trust. 
managers have a job that never ends and that's building and keeping trust. That's right. And, you know, happy employees are, are better employees. It's better for the bottom line. Um, it's better for the employee experience. It's better for recruitment. It's better for everything. So Chaz, I'm going to leave it there. I could talk about the psych contract forever. Yeah, it's it's really it's spot on. And going back to this, don't don't view this as oh no, I'm not meeting all of the expectations. We get it, and it's really really hard, right? We it it really really is. However, we have to take a step back and look at it as an opportunity, and not necessarily what I'm not doing. It's there really is a huge opportunity here to set expectations. And Julie, I think it would be amazing to walk into an onboarding training day one that introduces this concept, right? And, oh, and yeah. Setting expectations to say, hey, look, this is the site contract. You may not know what this is and simplify it for people to understand, but also set the expectation of you need to tell us, you need to do your part as the employee. So with that, Julie, today we found our purpose in what? Huh, we found our purpose in knowing that we all hold a piece of ownership over the psychological contract at work. Remember, That's it's right. a two-way thing. It's not just the on, a burden is not just on the employer to uphold mm-hmm. this contract. The burden's also on you as the employee. And that's <laughs> right. Today, we also found our purpose in knowing that the site contract can be violated from day one. So creating that experience, setting expectations, and to Julie's first point, making sure that employees know that they need to be doing the work as well. Julie? Absolutely. Yeah. And and we also found our purpose in knowing that managers hold the key to a successful psychological contract negotiation with employees. So just closing thoughts, Chaz, you know, ask yourself some questions. What are you doing to further a culture of positivity at work for yourself and for others? Are you contributing to things like gossip and rumors? And do you enter work with a positive attitude, whether you're a remote employee or, uh, you know, on-premise employee? So of course, we're all human. We all have bad days, but do do those days pile up to a point where you might be known for being the person uh, who's the Debbie Downer or brings the whole team down. So again, mm-hmm. two-way psychological contract. Um, I, I'm sure we'll talk more about this in future episodes because it's a it's a theme that really runs through so much in HR and people management. That's spot on, Jules. Well, hey, y'all, that pretty much wraps us up. So a few reminders before we leave. Again, don't forget, as always, hit the like, hit the subscribe button. Make sure you're using the hashtag PeoplePurposePod on social media, sites like Twitter and LinkedIn. Uh, And be sure to check out the latest blogs and research from the Workforce Institute at UKG by visiting them at theworkforceinstitute.org. Julie, that is a wrap. I hope our listeners appreciated it. And uh, as always, it's good to see you. Cheers. Thanks, everyone. Hello!